Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, November 28th, the Monday after Thanksgiving and the final Monday of the month of November. Well, I hope you're having a good day in the Lord and that you've been blessed of the Lord. We've had a wonderful weekend here at the Island Ford Baptist Church and in the Shepherd household. We've had time spending with our family. My in-laws, Mac and Mary Johnson, they've been with us over the weekend. Joshua and Katie and their children came in and stayed with us on Monday night and then uh, Monday night, Tuesday and Wednesday. Then they had to leave on Thursday morning. But we had a good time with them as well. Then a good weekend here in the house of the Lord at the Island Ford Baptist Church. Had a young man saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. On Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. Amen. God dealing with him and brought him our way. Amen. And uh, God moved on him such a way he called and asked me to meet him here at the church. And he called on the Lord and got saved. And I give God glory for that. I'm glad, I said to our church yesterday, I'm glad that everything doesn't have to happen in our church service. We think sometimes if they don't walk down the aisle during the service that they'll never get saved. And yet the Holy Spirit can follow them home. The Holy Spirit can ride with them in their vehicle. He can be in their mind and speak to them while they're lying on their bed, while they're going about their job. I'm glad he can still do that and still save sinners. Amen and amen. Well, I don't have time to elaborate. Let me just go ahead and go to this good song by the Shepherd family and then the message from the Word of God that we're carrying over from last Friday's broadcast and will continue today and complete tomorrow. All right. If you're at a place where you can get your Bible and look with us, we'll be turning to Isaiah chapter number 53, that famous text on the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter number 53. We began a message on this past Friday from this text, and we're carrying it over to today and tomorrow as we will continue the message today and then complete it on tomorrow's broadcast. I'm preaching from this text, reading all the verses and looking primarily at verses 3 and 4, and I'm preaching on this thought, why did Jesus suffer and die? I've got three main points. I'm going to only deal with the first one today as we did on yesterday's broadcast Number one reason why Jesus suffered and died was because sin had left us with so many griefs and sorrows, and he bore our griefs and our sorrows. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you will, turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter number 53. Today I'm going to Look primarily at verse number 4, but I want to start with verse number 1. We'll read the whole chapter. I think it'll be relevant and helpful for us to do that. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs 
and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. Well, we could stop right there and say, thank God, God is satisfied. Amen. Satisfied with the death of his son. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And that's reading the entire chapter of Isaiah chapter 53. Well, this is no doubt talking about the Lord Jesus. Now, one amazing thing is, is that this was written at least 700 years before he was born. God knew what Christ was going to go through. God planned it. God purposed it. And God prophesied it. He let us know exactly what the Lord was going to go through for us. It's interesting to me as well that the Jews, modern day Judaism... The rabbis tell their people not to read Isaiah 53. It is a uh, it is a restricted chapter. They tell them not to read it because it'll get them confused. It might make them think that the Messiah has already come and been rejected. Well, it might make them think that because Messiah has already come and has been rejected. Amen. But thank God for those that receive Him. He came unto His own, His own received Him not, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Amen. Even to them that believed on His name. Amen. And so I'm glad that He is being accepted by some and received by some. Well, I preached three sermons, I believe, on verse number one. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Just dealing with the fact how that it is almost universal that people have rejected the preaching of the Word of God. Rejected the, the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So interesting to me that, for example, uh, people say, you know, they, they, they don't believe that Jesus is alive. They say he's dead. You know, he's, he, they killed him 2,000 years ago. He's dead and in the grave. Now, they believe Elvis is still alive somewhere. Bruce Lee's still alive somewhere. And John F. Kennedy's still alive somewhere. It's amazing they, they believe that a lot of these stars and well-known people are alive after their death when in reality they're dead. But our Lord Jesus did die 
And yet He rose again the third day. Amen. And He's alive forevermore. Amen. Because He was more than a man. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. Amen. Uh, he's, he's God incarnate. God in flesh. Brother Tolley preached yesterday. He titled his message, The Miracle of Jesus. And he just went through the life of Jesus, but he made several statements. He said, did you know that Jesus in the flesh never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born? He never wrote a book. He never ruled a large group of people, a state or a nation or something along those lines. He never did a lot of the things that people would say make a man great. And yet his life, that one solitary life, has influenced people decades and centuries down the line, has influenced people. Not, not just, not just counting his salvation, his eternal influence, but just the fact that Jesus has influenced all of society. Amen. I want to think some more on that thought this, this morning, if I can, and deal with this, this thought, picking up from there. I, this is my title. Why did Jesus suffer and die? i got three points I want to deal with by the help of the Lord that I think about in, in this verse. They're all contained right in this verse. The first part of verse number four. Surely He hath borne our griefs, I underline the word griefs, and carried our sorrows, underline the word sorrows. The first point that would need to be mentioned and recognized is that sin always brings griefs. Can I say to you, sin never brings peace. No, never brings those things that sin promises to bring. It always brings death and dumbness and despair and dirtiness and eventually damnation. That's what sin brings. I've got some scriptures. Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 30. The Bible says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contention? Who hath babblings? Who hath wounds without a cause? Who hath redness of eyes? Here's the answer. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself upright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. That's just one illustration of grief and sorrow that comes from sin. Oh, they say drinking will give you a buzz. Drinking will make you feel good. Drinking will have wonderful effects. It has effects, but none of them are wonderful. The Bible says that it brings woe and sorrow and contention and babbling and wounds without a cause. Redness of eyes and troubles in the life. Amen. I could say a lot about a lot of different things, uh, but Solomon here in this text in Proverbs 23 was instructing his son to stay away from alcohol. He didn't say drink responsibly. Amen. He didn't say be careful and don't overdo it. He said stay away from it. Don't be in the presence of it. Get away from it when you can. Amen. Amen. In other words, he said if you don't, he said it's akin to a snake bite. Amen. I'm not going to play with a snake even a little bit. I'm not even going to play with his tail. If I mess with a snake, I'll go for his head. Amen. With a hoe or amen or a shotgun or something. Amen. I'm not going to. Amen. Not gonna play with a snake, but that's what people are doing with alcohol. And that's just, as I said, just one thing. But I, I matter of fact, I think there's a need to, to preach that because we're living in a day when they're putting out over the internet and over radios and over, over some of the broadcasts. People are saying that it's alright for Christians to drink as long as they don't overdo it. No, you're, you're, you're playing with a snake if you're messing with that alcohol. You're playing with a snake. Amen. Amen. Well, some people say that Christians can dabble in alcohol, drink wine, liquor, or beer, so long as they don't quote-unquote overdo it. 
Amen. This message that I'm preaching is not just about this one sin, but that all sin brings grief and sorrow, but you can see it in the alcohol. You can see that in it. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Proverbs 20, verse number 1, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. In other words, the Bible says, if you drink, you're dumb. He says, if you just drink a little, then you're a little stupid. He says, if you drink a lot, you're a lot stupid. Really? You're deceived thereby. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll just, I'll say, getting buzzed, and whether it be alcohol or drugs, getting quote-unquote buzzed may very well cause you to do things you otherwise wouldn't do. Amen. Many young girls have been raped while buzzed or at least coerced into losing their purity because of alcohol. Amen. Many young men have been emboldened because of the drink to pursue some foolish dream or ambition that's caused him to become a fool. Amen. On this thing about your purity, young people, let me tell you, if you lose your purity, you've lost something you'll never get back. You, amen. You may wake up from the party the next morning with scars that you'll carry for the rest of your life. Lord help. Amen. Amen. Just a fling at a boozing party. Some people get in trouble with the law. They've been hard workers. They've been good neighbors. But because of alcohol and perhaps driving or public drunkenness, drinking and driving, whatever the case, they get in trouble with the law and all of a sudden they've got a besmirched testimony and a, and a bad record. Sometimes lose their job because of those things. I'm just telling you that's troubles that alcohol brings. Oh, it's just a party. No, it's not a party. It's a bad thing. It's grief and it's sorrow that sin brings. I just want to, want to make the point, sin always brings grief and sin always brings sorrow. Amen. Wives that drink often break their marriage vows, cheat on their husbands. Husbands that drink often disregard their vows, cheat on their wife. Proverbs 6, verse 32 and 33 says, But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He said, that's another dumb thing you're doing. He that... I mean, read back, but whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Amen. He said, that's a stain that don't go away. Well, I'll just say this, and I'm, I use that thought of, adver- of, of alcohol, and I think about the alcohol advertisement. I realize Ball games, and today's a big day for some. Ball games make a lot of their money, have down through the years for advertising alcohol. Alcohol's big. It's big at the ball games. It's big uh, promoter of the ball games or, or races or a lot of sporting activities. Can I say to you, and you know it, that the devil is an expert advertiser. Amen. He shows the drinking and carousing in a quote-unquote good light glamorous light. But in reality, it's dark. 
The truth is much different than the way he advertises it. He doesn't show you the heartbreak, the loneliness and the sorrow. He doesn't show you the tears that are caused by the drinking and cheating. He tries to hide the dirty underbelly of sin. Amen. The devil advertises the giggles, the smiles, the laughter of sinners. He tries to keep hidden the dirt, the bruises, the bloodshed sin always brings. People may say, well, preacher, I know somebody that they've been able to handle their liquor. Well, maybe they have for a while or maybe they have made you think they have for a while. Some people are better at hiding and covering up and maybe maintaining a little respectability at some things than others are. I recognize that, but I want to make you a promise. You cannot sin and get by. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever will. Amen. There's a, there's a song in the Redback Church Hymnal, page number 344, written by J.H. Vernon. The title is this. The title says, Sin is to Blame. I wrote down the first two verses in the chorus. It says, See yonder man in the prison he dwells. Sin is to blame. Sin is to blame. Listen to the story he plaintively tells. Sin is to blame for it all. Many dear children are crying for bread. Sin is to blame. Sin is to blame. Father's a drunkard and mother is dead. Sin is to blame for it all. Sin is to blame for all sorrow. Sin is to blame. Sin is to blame. Have you no hope for tomorrow? Sin is to blame for it all. Well, he said it right. Lay the cause where it's at. Sin is to blame. Now, that's not to say there's no pleasure in sin. That's not to say that what the devil's advertising does not have a grain of truth in it. Amen. There is pleasure in sin. Hebrews eleven twenty five tells us that. But the problem with the pleasures of sin is that sin's pleasures are transitory. They're always moving. They're toning. They're pulling you along. Tantalizing. They're getting their hooks in you. And they're temporary. Because they're only seasonal. Amen. Amen. The devil uses the pleasures of sin to lure young people or any people into more and more sin. To lead them deeper and deeper into guilt. Amen. What brings a thrill up your leg today or a chill down your spine today won't have the same effect later in life. It's going to take more. It's going to take more. And more. That's why people drink more and more. That's why they go to harder and harder liquor. That's why they go from one gateway drug to harder drugs. Amen. That's why sexual perversion or sexual immorality always gravitates and leads to perversion. Amen. Always grab. You read Romans chapter number one and you'll see how that that degrades and degrades and degrades debauchery always goes downhill and the, and the Farther down the hill you go, the more speed you've gained and the less chance there is for you to get stopped. Don't feed the snowball effect. Amen. Amen. Well, let me just say that the thrills of sin keeps moving the goalposts, as they say. It takes more to have the same pleasure that you once had. I've read this that they say people that get on meth they say meth, the first time you take meth has such a high that people are in, immediately addicted. And they say that they'll chase that same high the rest of their life and never attain it. 
I personally believe that may be one of the torments of hell. Is people chasing in hell in their mind wanting to get to that pleasure and never maintain, never getting there again. Whatever it is, there's a lot of things that we could talk about in that. I'm just simply, I'm talking about sin as a whole. Sin is an addictive drug. Sin is an addictive thing that wants to put its clutches into you and drag you down. Amen. Amen. The primary reason why sin entails grief and sorrow is because it's against God. It's not just sinning against your body. It's not just sinning against society. Not just sinning against your children or sinning against your family. You're sinning against God. And God has pronounced a curse on sin. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.